Hey everyone, my name's Andy Polk. And I'm Ben Shaw. And this is BBJ, the Bathwater and the Baby Jesus podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about a biblical authority and how we read the Bible. everyone. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the Bible, what it is, what we do with it, biblical authority, how we understand. Right? There's a lot we understand to talk about, so we're not going to go too far afield. Uh, we feel this is something we, we kind of have to address up front. Yeah. So, so Ben, it's yeah. always unfairly, I start with you. <laughs> uh, is, if you let me talk first, I'm immediately just going to make you do any of the hard stuff. So, so what, growing up, what was the Bible to you and or what you, were you told that the Bible was, right? What were you supposed to think it was? Sometimes those are the same, sometimes not. I grew up believing that the Bible was an instruction manual mm. penned by God himself. Yeah. And that that is the only way to live. And uh, and you took it exactly as it was written. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear my my favorite in that? I don't even believe this as a kid. This seemed weird to me, but the Bible is the love letter written from God directly oh, yeah. to you. Oh no, no. Yeah. yeah, I heard that language. Yeah, yeah. The this is such a a weird and hard thing in that, uh, in my experience, everyone who says this, like this idea that the Bible is written directly to you, one, it always felt a little narcissistic to me. Because even as a child, I thought like, but if everyone thinks that, like this has been around a long time, like they were just wrong because there's no way that everyone's reading it as if it's written directly to me that someone in fourth century Syria is going to understand it the same way. They have a different culture, a different way. Like, well, they just never so made here's, sense. Here's to the quite. difference between your approach and my approach. Okay. You actually read the Bible. Okay. I read the words oh, in yeah, the Bible, yeah, yeah. right? Uh -huh. So like sword drill, like I could find it all really uh -huh. fast and I could oh, read yeah. those words to uh -huh. you, but I I wasn't yeah. uh, encouraged to interpret them for what they were, right? So for me, it was, uh, you know, like it was an instruction manual mm -hmm. to live by. So you yeah. read these words as they are in English, NIV version, right. uh -huh. and that is God's those words. Those are God's words too. And you. those exact right. words uh -huh. were the only thing that that we're supposed to do, except for what our pastor tells us, right? So yeah. the pastor's job was to interpret the words or yeah, explain you know, it all to you. Yeah, if you don't get and, it. exactly. Sure. And and uh, you know, I remember, and I never understood this at the time, but the pastor that I had growing up in the church that I was in, I mean, he repeated sermons a lot. Oh yeah, a lot. Uh, like you know, it, and he did the. <laughs> He used to give the same giving sermon every time. You knew, like you could you know telegraph it. Coming. It as yeah, it's coming it, up. about yeah, every sure. five months, you uh -huh. got the giving sermon. Yeah. But you know, looking at it now, uh, I think I understand why he did that, and that that you know he purposely avoided problematic scripture. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. we were we weren't encouraged to read Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. 
with the idea of understanding that it was written when it was written to who it was written for yeah. it was just strictly we you read deuteronomy yeah. or leviticus or whatever as these laws that yeah well we, we we like the ones that we like but the ones that we don't like <laughs> yeah. we're not gonna we're just yeah. not gonna read it's about why these are wrong yeah, yeah you're not gonna teach about it, about it. But it and if you do read anymore. about it don't uh -huh. ask about it yeah. because the answer is really well that's because that's what that's God not what said. we do yeah not, yeah so yeah yeah it's I find with people it's such a it's such a difficult thing talking about the Bible because as you said much of the time we don't think about how we think about the Bible right we don't it just is the thing and even if there's a uh, right this the these analogies that we do you're right right it's a love letter or the instruction manual or the way right I had the yeah. exact same type of thing there's an there's an acronym out there that I. I, for the life of me, I can't remember that oh, goes along really. with the Bible. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's like B I B L E. B I B L E. Yeah, that's the book for me. Well, no, that's the song. Okay. Yeah. No, which yeah, I did read. It. I stand alone on the Word of God. Uh -huh. The B I B L E. Oh, okay. uh -huh. Yeah. No, but this was. Uh, I can't remember. It, it, mm. it would be a lot more interesting if I could. <laughs> there's there's this thing I can't remember that I've had. Yeah, but I'm the only one who does that. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the part that I think is is difficult is. I think for often for most Christians, that's not probably true, for a great many evangelical or conservative Protestants, that that's, that's we say that's the accurate box. thing, right? That's yeah. what we're actually saying is from our traditions and what we're talking yeah. about. Which is, we let's 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 just be clear. We both grew up in these traditions. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. And I consider myself to be a decent person, so I, we're not bashing the way that we were brought up necessarily oh, yeah. other we than just understanding that that may not be the most healthy or helpful yes. way to approach yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Or even just recognizing that other Christians and other traditions have different understandings too, right? Yeah. That you can still be a Christian. Well, not even Christian right, in the ways that it goes I mean, through. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about Jewish, sure. Jewish people from the Jewish tradition or any other tradition, no matter what you're reading, if you're just reading it as uh, taking the words exactly as they are without any interpretation, I think that's really not helpful. You know, it, it's not like we're reading Homer's The Odyssey, right? Yeah. Which is just a narrative story. We're reading what is supposed to be some type of a historical document yeah. in that it was written as nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, which per se, you know. Yeah, 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 and the genres. <laughs> we, that's, a, that's a whole other Probably conversation, thing, yeah. literary devices and that kind of stuff. We can talk about that at another time. But but I think that that for for me it was it was just that. You know, you you read the Bible, you do what it says, and and then you do what your your pastor tells you to. And so Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, so the 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 ways that I find that difficult sometimes to engage are, are two things. One, I think there's often a pretending that people are Christians or have faith because the Bible, right? In, in that, it, it becomes a circular logic, right? Why, why are you a Christian? Because Jesus, believe Jesus died on the cross, saved us from our sins, hope of eternal life in heaven. Why do you believe that? Because the Bible says so. But why do you believe the, the Bible and not, not other religious works? Because the Bible is the word of God. Well, how do you know that the Bible is the Word of God? Well, because the Bible says that it's the Word of God. Well, why do you trust it? Because it's the Word of God, right? No one, it's just, it's nonsensical. It, no one it, actually does yeah. that. 
No. No, no one just opens up and is like, well, I like, where did you come the idea of this well, is authoritative where it is? We don't well, do that. It's not where use, we live. Use the word authority there. Uh -huh. And I think it's important to talk about that word authority, right? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to give something or someone authority? Right. What it means is that you're recognizing that whatever it is that they have to say is important to you and that you don't know or can't know contextually enough about that subject. Like an example I read one time, uh, Rob Bell uses mm -hmm. this example in his book um, about the Bible, which I'm, the name is now escaping me. Um, I think to, what to do with the Bible or something like sure. that. Go look it up. Google's a great, a great thing. Uh, but he uses the example of a guy who calls a, a, a he's got a leak in his house. And uh, when it rains, the, the water comes in and they have to put out buckets and all this stuff. And so he calls a roofer to come and inspect and then repair the house or repair the roof. And then the roofer then shows him the work that he did. And so what he's done is he is given that roofer the authority to teach him about mm. what was wrong with his roof. And so just like that, you have to give something authority. That's right. It doesn't just come in grain. There's, a, there's, a, there's, exactly a, right. there's an action yeah. involved in that. That's and a so good point. if you don't understand where this thing came from, you know that this guy is a roofer because he has a roofing business and he's been doing this for however many years and he has uh, all of these different credentials that back up his ability to come and repair your roof. Yeah. Can you say the same thing about the Bible? Like, what do you actually know about yeah. where it came from? And, and so if we're not approaching the Bible with that mindset, then I think it, it, it gets really problematic to, to just take these words at face value because we don't even know what the face value is. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the first step of that is to recognize that you are the one giving the authority there, right? That even if the authority comes from God in the Bible, right, you're choosing to accept that. And it's okay. You're, most people are choosing to accept the Bible, the Bible is the Word of God, because they've had some experiences with, with God, with other people, parts of the Christian tradition that they like, that they've heard, they want to be like this. And so then we start reading the Bible and we give it, right? But let's admit that up front. We one, when we come to the Bible, we're coming with stuff. And and we believe that there's authority there because of other experiences. It's not just, I believe the Bible because it's the word of God, right? You have to have some reason to believe that it's the word of God and all of that is is muddled together. That's fine. Yeah. But the other thing that that I heard you say before, uh, that is probably the second second difficult part is within much of conservative Protestantism, there is the idea that the other pretending is that we are not interpreting the Bible or reading the Bible and understanding God's word to us, right? That, that you said before, like, if you're just reading as if these are the words and not interpreting, right? The reality is everyone's interpreting it. We, yeah. we have to, right? Because right. we're, at the very least, as you said, when we read through the Hebrew scriptures, we're picking and choosing. We have some idea, hopefully, of why and how we're including some things that are relevant and matter and some things that just go away. Right. Right. And, the, and we do this all the time. So my, my classic example of this is uh, never have I walked into a Christian group and been greeted with a holy kiss. Yeah. Even though Paul explicitly commands this, right? right? So if I am a conservative Protestant, I believe the Bible is the is, is literal. It's uh, the Word of God. It's infallible. I'm just reading yeah. and doing it. Says if it's an instruction manual, 
right? I am not saying that we should all greet each other with holy kisses now. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, why don't you, if you're doing the thing you say you're doing, you would. Right. What you've determined, you've interpreted. You've understood, well, this was Paul saying this, right? He says it in in four different times, right? James or uh, Peter says it as well. But it's it's at the end of the letters. And so somehow that's Paul writing to those people. And it has nothing to do with us. That's people in place and time. And that's (laughs) fine. That's fair. I think that's true. But what are we using to distinguish between what is for all time God directly to me? Yeah, we don't. We all do that. We are doing sure. that. So then let's admit that we're doing that and let's start discussing when and how. That matters. Yeah. That should be it. We're all interpreting. Yeah. So so this idea of flat away becomes something. Well, what we're doing is stopping pretending. This idea of the Bible is just straight to me and it's, it's literal and God's with it. No one who says it is doing that. They're not gouging out their eyes. Right. They're not cutting out their tongues. They're not. There's a bunch of stuff that they say. Well, that's metaphorical, or this is hyperbole. Okay. Well, so what's if, our criteria? If, if the Bible can have yeah. metaphor and have hyperbole, and have all of these other yep. other things, then why can it not also inter? Like you, you know, there's there's so many yeah. ways and so many things that you don't get just just to pick and choose what you want to recognize as metaphor and what you don't, especially if you're not a Hebrew scholar who has studied the language. It's it's not an easy thing to do. And, and that's okay. Like it's, it's okay that you don't know, but we as people don't like not knowing. Yeah. I know I don't, I hate not knowing. And it bugs bugs me when I don't know the answer to something. And so even that, can yeah. go into a reading and an interpretation, and so that's right. And, and especially, I think I think the idea of not knowing is a big one, because that's especially true in a religious context, right? For we we have enough chaos and uncertainty in our lives. Most yeah. people don't come to like to church to be told, well, you don't. There's a lot more questions out there, right? Yeah. We we want certainty. We sure. want to feel better. We want the we want order to the chaos. Yeah. Right. And so. It is. It's really daunting to say. Well, so I, I want a word from God. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the Bible, but I like I got to do a bunch of work beforehand before I can see what God can say to me. Yeah. That that feels very daunting because I'm not a Hebrew scholar, and so how am I an everyday person? Yeah. The piece well, supposed to do it's that? a whole lot it's easier to just daunting. read the yep. Bible as it is sure. and and go about your day. I mean, it's it's definitely a whole you know a whole lot easier to approach it that way. But I don't know how helpful in the long run it is uh and 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 that part of part of that goes back to that word of authority like well we give biblical scholars and pastors Mm -hmm. and teachers the authority to read this stuff and Mm -hmm. and trust that they are giving us an authentic interpretation of what that is and i think that's where things get muddled that's exactly right is you know you've got people who have no training in any type of bible history or biblical interpretation or Jewish history or mm-hmm. ancient history and they're just taking these words and and pulling concepts and ideas straight sure. from the words and not understanding the context that they were written in and the purpose for which they were written there's that's not to say that you can't take these words uh, from the Bible and apply them to what we do today but I think that if you're doing it um, with your cultural background only and mm-hmm. not taking into account why they were written or who they were written to, then you're not really getting a truly authentic uh, or a good reading of the Bible. Yeah. 
Yeah, good reading is probably the way to go about it. I think we can understand that, right? In in if this is God's word to me, but I understand it in a way that the original recipients of even this document could have never understood it. Yeah. It is again, I believe narcissistic to believe that God wrote this for me. Right. And just millions of Christians for thousands of years have misunderstood sure. it because they weren't me in my time and place. That's at least we can agree that that can't be the way it is. Yeah. So I remember one of the most eye-opening things for me was realizing that the Bible was written. You know, it wasn't written chronologically. Like you know, there's oh, there's yeah, these things sure. that, that that as I've in I've, the order that is currently in our canon, right? It wasn't correct. written in that I, order. Yeah, straight I didn't through. know yeah. about oh, the, uh, yeah. the 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 councils that uh-huh. put the stuff together. I didn't understand any of that, especially growing up. And it's not really talked about. And yeah. Not that you know, a third grade Bible school, you know, Sunday school lesson needs yeah. to be about yeah. the, you know the the canonical order of uh-huh. the scriptures. But I think it's important to understand that. Sure. People wrote these words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you, we, we talk, and we will talk a lot about inspiration and divine inspiration and what that means and what that looks like. But when you come down to it, people wrote it. Yeah. And just like as we read these words from our own place mm-hmm. and time with our own cultural background and our own understandings, the people who wrote them wrote them yeah. with that same thing. And, and yes, um, I believe... I believe in inspiration. I believe that people were inspired to uh, collect these histories and these ideas. Um, but I also believe that they also probably put their own, you know, idea about what what was going on, or there was a reason that it was written, right? So, yes. you know, yeah. it wasn't necessarily just to record a history of. Let's look at the first five books of the mm-hmm. Bible, right? The Torah. That was the historical Bible that Jews read, um, but it was mostly an oral tradition until it got written down, yeah. at, you know, around the Babylonian exile or right after, which was uh-huh. what five thousand years or so before, or five hundred years 500. or so before, uh, you know, the yeah. the, the common era, yeah. as we want to, yeah. Talk. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, and it's talking about things that happened thousands of years uh-huh. before. So, surely they must have gotten everything right because, you know, they have this perfect memory. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever played the game Telephone. Oh, yeah, sure. But it's it's hard to get everything exactly right. And, and I don't... I don't know that there is an exactly right. Well, I think that I think the right part is is the difficulty of it. If if we believe, and I think, I, I I agree with you. My my understanding of the Bible is you have to admit that it's written by people in a time and a place for other people in a time and a place. Um, that like you can't you just can't deny that, right? There has yeah. to be a context behind it. It doesn't mean that it still doesn't speak to us. But it does mean that those are people in their time and place as best as they could understanding God that they can never understand, how God works and moves in the world that as humans they can never fully understand, right? And we admit this. It's in the stories itself that they don't understand everything that God is doing and how it works. So there's one, I think that's just an admittance of reality. I think there's another part of it that honestly that gives me greater confidence in the Bible Mm -hmm. in that... If it was, if it's just written 
as a perfect distillation of organized religion, as we like to, you know, pretend that it is, it did a terrible job. God's really <laughs> bad at writing, if that's the way it is. If God yeah. wrote it directly to tell us right now how to organize our, our right. Christian churches or whatever, God's terrible at it. Yeah. You would never do it that way. Yeah, and if, if he and if he did, he would have put in be like, and this is exactly how it is, and don't worry about time, this thing that's going to happen in two thousand years. That's, that's right. not going to matter. Yeah, you just listen to. This. Yeah, that's not what. That's not yeah. what's there. It's so the thing we pretend it to be makes no sense that it could be that way. Like it right. doesn't. It doesn't fit. In, in the fact that that story continuously has people not knowing, not understanding, doing the exact wrong thing, right? We have the prophets. We have people slipping and sliding back between their religion, right? We have Jesus with disciples who are with him and never get him what's like that. The whole story is like the people closest didn't get it. Yeah. And then afterwards, right, they struggle and they figure it out as they go through. That makes that to me has more validity of people trying to understand God in their place and time. Yeah. Then this is I think it's it has a greater understanding of the evidence that's there. It's it's more reasonable and rational the way that everything else works and it's far less narcissistic. It just yeah. seems yeah. It's better. it's actually a lot easier to believe uh you know that when you remove the uh the literal reading whenever you take it out of that because i mean some of the stuff's kind of hard to believe right like we don't have um mystical things that happen you know yeah. regularly in our culture right now because a lot of that stuff was pre-science and so a lot of it people were just putting mystical ideas on things that we mm -hmm. now explain with science and that's okay like like yeah. let, let's just go let's go into genesis right okay. this is a sure. this is yeah. a good example this is where i hear a lot of people start and and this is where if someone was going to ask me mm -hmm. How do I know, or how, or how do you know the Bible's not literal? Well, let's just look at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, okay? So Genesis 1's creation story, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I, I use the word story because it, it's a story, right? It yeah, was sure. written. Uh, it was the written. story of beginnings, right? right? It's a myth in the way we understand yes. myth. Not and, made up, but story of origins, sure. And, it's, and it was commonplace in the ancient Near East, which would have been, you know, 500 years or so before we just mentioned it mm -hmm. a minute ago about, era, sure yeah, yeah. so so the the Jewish people were uh, currently exiled right they're removed from their land they're in Babylon and they decide that now's a good time to start writing down our our history our mm -hmm. our understanding of these stories of our ancestry yeah. right so you've got they start with a creation story because that's that's, well, that's of course part, it's part of their that's tradition where it always right? is, sure. okay so what's what's interesting is that there are lots and lots of creation myths that were a part of that culture in that time yeah okay so they were in babylon guess what the babylonians had their own creation myth mm -hmm. and if you if you go back and start looking at these which um i had to do i did a sermon on this a little bit ago and so um, the, 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 the word that I learned in that was cosmology, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the study of ancient origins, basically. Yeah. And so, uh, that's my, my it's five dollar word for the yeah. day. That's, that's it. And yeah. so, but it, it's, it's interesting when you, you look at it and be like, well, we have a word for it because it, ex it exists. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a common, yeah, we, yeah, yeah it, there's, it was a we, thing. We, we have we, a word for it. Yeah. We so, study all that. Uh, a lot of these creation myths kind of uh, line up with each other, right? Like yep. they, they, they're very similar. Yeah, uh -huh. there's, there's usually some type of violent event that happens mm -hmm. between the gods. Yep. And I say gods multiple because 
well, and this is a whole other conversation which we can get into, but did you know that there are multiple gods? Uh, Jewish people believed that there were multiple gods, yes. even, even yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, they were false gods, not really powerful gods in the way that's God, but correct. they were, yes. Yeah, they, provincial they, gods, regional yeah. gods. Yep. So, and that's weren't. a whole other thing that yeah, blew yeah, my sure. mind when uh-huh. I realized that, that that's in the Bible. Yeah, it actually says it. Yeah. So, uh, but but anyway, so in those myths, there was uh, you know some type of violent event or something that happens, and then uh, you know people were kind of just a byproduct of that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of there's like a they, lot of chaos. There's order out of the chaos, usually yeah. through violence or a whim of the gods, and then they're sure. like, "What do we do with these things?" And yeah, then there and then are people there. A lot uh-huh. of times, it was like, "Well, they annoy me, so I'm yep. going to kill them." That's right. Or, or play with them, yes, or, or you know, take them through. I'll, yep. I'll make them give me stuff. Uh-huh. Right. There, there's there's all there's all these things yeah. that happen, and so. Um, what's interesting about the the Jewish creation myth was that the, there's not really any violence in mm-hmm. it, right? It's it's more of a uh, like a temple based idea yeah. that uh, that the the earth that where we live is is a temple that God created to come and live with us in it and and be with us and not just uh, oh well that happened now I've mm-hmm. got to deal with it. Um, so, so that's that's a, a, a cool way to the, to kind of understand where the idea for the Genesis one came from, and uh, so what's interesting though is when you get to Genesis two through verse four. Well, great, we've just heard the story. You know, he created the let there be light, which yeah, was yeah. actually after he created trees, which I find that interesting. But that's a whole nother. Conversation. So yeah. he he created uh, earth and trees. We're in the, the second one, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we get fourth day, sun and moon, yeah, yeah. Light, so water separated everything before. Um, so we've got these, and then let's let's go on to verse five, and all of a sudden we get yeah, we start over another creation uh-huh. story that doesn't line up chronologically at all with the first one. Yeah, the order of creation is different in the, in the second creation story than the first. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's a different literary style too, yep. right? So the first one is like, a, it's more poetic. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's probably was written as a poem mm-hmm. and that's how they kept it, you know, because just like oral tradition, like in the Appalachian Mountains, yeah, it's, sure. it's mostly song, right? Like that's yeah. how a lot of things are carried down is through songs and poems and art. Yeah. And so it makes sense that that was written as a poem. Uh, what also makes sense is that they would have some type of narrative version as well, and so that's where the the second version comes in. But it but it's it's different, and you can't really like deny that it's different. Yeah, if you're really reading it, you know. And I got to thinking about this as we were you know talking about what we were going to talk about today, um, and I was thinking about it this morning that I grew up. Never really, you know. I I know I grew up remembering Genesis one, right? I know I've heard that yeah, lots of times. Yep. God created the heavens yeah, and the earth, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And I also remember like the garden and Eden, and uh-huh. and I, I remember all this, but I don't remember like verses five and six. Oh yeah, where it's tar- yeah, yeah. it's starts just the creation Plan story the over. And it comes through before anything. It's all, uh-huh. and, I, and obviously this is anecdotal. Yeah. I don't remember that was a long time ago, and I've done lots of things since yeah. then. Um. But it, but I don't ever remember them being connected. Like I don't I you know I don't ever remember it being pointed out that uh, well obviously it was never pointed out yeah, that it's different. different. It was just more of like a, well this is more detail about what happened mm-hmm. here. Uh, but it, you know it's not. It's it's a different. Uh, it's a different. It's story. a different story. Yeah, yeah, they start. It starts over. Obviously a different tradition. 
Yeah, there's. I mean, so, so what do we? Yeah, what do we do with that? I think. Yeah, so there there are two parts. One is, I think we're disturbed, and I think it's a, I think it's understandably disturbed to be confused. The questions of yeah, these supernatural things, how we deal with it in our our maybe scientific or post scientific world. I think the past few years have said maybe we're not quite as scientific or sure. rational as we we thought we were, but that it is all the physical evidence says this. Right, and this, if the story is different, how do I understand it? I I think this is the place. What we do with it is we kind of find comfort in the fact that it's people in their place and time writing to people in their place and time and their understanding of, of what God is. You're exactly right. The the fact that the that first creation myth is so similar to like the Egyptian and Babylonian myths. It's order out of chaos, right? And that's true. We, sure. we talk about it as a necessity. It's something out of nothing. That's not actually the story. Right. Right. It's it's God was there in the void, darkness over the face of the day. Like it is darkness, and in that comes light. It is chaos, right? And right. the waters of the world, and then comes order. Right. But the difference is who is creating, right? The nature of the God creating, how the God creates, right? Not accidental tears, not blood is a war in heaven and coming. God speaks it, and it's true, and God says it's good, yeah. right? And this refrain over and over. That matters. God creates humanity, creates male and female in the image of God, and God said they're very good, right? And as you said, in a, a general temple thing of the seven-day cycle, and God comes and rests, God's created and God abides, right, with right. the creation. So it, it, that being somehow matching up with like the Big Bang and our understanding of the, you know, I, I, I think that's nonsense. They wouldn't have heard that. They wouldn't have known. No one could have understood that at the time. No. But what they can understand in is this is a story like the other stories, but the differences matter. Right. God is a God who just creates by saying, by doing, and it's gone. And God says it's all good. It's not an accident. God did it on purpose. Right. And God says it's good. God creates humanity like God, and they're very good, right? This tells different things about the way the world works in this origin. If that's the origin, we know what God is. We know what creation is in relation to God. We know what we are in relation to God. That stuff matters. That stuff's important. Sure. Right? That stuff is something that it can and should change the way we work and move in the world. I, I don't I don't necessarily need all of that to be it needs to make sense to the people who wrote it and first heard it. Sure. And some scientific understanding extrapolation doesn't. That's what right. they're talking about with now. Did they think that it was literal? Was that? Yes, they did. They sure. told the stories of the way that it happened because the way that it happens tells you about God and the world and the way we are. Right. That if that part's still there, that part still matters. Right. right? But and, and so just thinking about it like that, yes, they took it literally because that was their understanding of how the world the worked. Of course. You know, it, yeah. Again, I've said this before is. Uh, pre-scientific is the word that I use, yeah, which sure. just means that it was, they they described it the best that they could with their understanding of how the world worked. Yep. You know, I mean, at this time in in the world, in the history of the world, people thought that the, the earth was the center of the universe, yeah. right? That everything revolved around that and that, you know, that the water was trapped in a firmament in, oh, a, yeah. in a dome yeah, sure. in the sky. And then whenever it God decided, it that's when the water would then, come, which yeah. was why they prayed and made sacrifices yep. to, to God, our God, or, you know, any of their gods sure. that they, they believed controlled these things because they just didn't have a good understanding of, of science, which is 
Understandable. Of I mean, course, it, it's yeah, taken sure. uh, you know centuries yeah. for us to kind of work through these ideas and and strive to understand and and you know theoretically or or prove these yeah. ideas uh, about how the world works. And you know, who knows? In a hundred or a thousand years, we may understand that we had it all wrong, and there's yeah, actually what we a better way. Now is completely different. Sure, and, yeah, and that, that's part of what. But that's okay. That does. that's not something that I am overly concerned about yeah. because I don't think that that really matters. Other than that, we understand that that is the case, right? Yes, that we understand that our understanding of science and the world and how the world works uh, physically is different than than theirs was and as long as we understand that when we're reading this that that's that's really all you need to, mm -hmm. to understand because then you because then you're approaching it with okay well they wrote this they wrote this down and they told the story on with their understanding that's great what does it say about god though like what yeah. what is the point and the point is not that the earth was created in six actual days which their understanding of time was even different. Than sure, even that now. would be the yeah. way we understand those days. Wouldn't be the way they even understood days. But right. Yeah, sure. So obviously yeah. we can't we can't we can't say that. And mm -hmm. so, but what it does say is that God created it and it was good. Yeah. And that that it was good that it was created. God created you know something that that He said was good, and He created us, and that we were very good, and that now we're here together. Yeah, and that's the point of that story. Yeah, that's it. It's not a history book. It's not a scientific textbook. And, yeah. And when we approach it as if it is, then it becomes real problematic, uh, especially especially if you think logically about it for longer than two seconds. Yeah, that's right. Which, so how but, how far do you carry that though? For, I don't I don't mean the universal you. I mean really you, right? Yeah. In the way that I'll, I'll talk about too. But this. To me, at least growing up, there's parts of that. I could get that with Genesis, right? I get, I get these are two stories sure. that come through. I get all of that. Well, then, okay, well, you know, you continue on in Genesis and you have the Nephilim and the sons of God and the daughters of man and there's these giants and they get like, oh, okay, well, maybe they did, right? Tower of Babel and yeah. Noah's Ark and all this, right? I, I can get to, to part of that, pillars of salt, right? But then... Right, you can think. Well, that's those are myths. Those are origin stories. They're telling this backwards, and that this is the way they explain how things got the way they were. I can get all that. What what happens when you move to the Red Sea, which is right? We have no historical archaeological evidence. There's certainly not in mass that number of people in Egypt at the time of why we do a literal crossing parting of the Red Sea. Yeah. What do we do with Elijah and sure. Ezekiel and right? How does that for you still hold true when you get to supernaturalism in the Bible in other parts once we get past creation myths? Yeah, I, I mean, if you'd have asked me that 10 years ago, I would have said, no, I think those things probably happened. Yeah. Uh, now, not not so much. Like uh -huh. you, you mentioned Noah, I think, yeah. or if you didn't, then I'm going to mention sure. Noah. Yeah, Noah's Ark. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I think there's actually archaeological evidence that there was you know historic flooding that happened. Oh, yep in the history mm -hmm. of the, the ancient Near East, mm -hmm. right? But do I believe that the whole world was inundated, inundated with water? No. Yeah. I, I don't I don't believe that anymore. I did. Yeah. I used to. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. exactly because that's how I reads, right? Sure. So um but the people in ancient ancient Israel and in the in the ancient Near East had never been to the Americas. 
They didn't yeah. know that that existed. They didn't know that their world existed beyond the understanding of their lands. And so how how then now, and this is me now, obviously, yeah. there's no way that that could have literally happened. Uh, so if, if I can say that with Noah, then I can say it with Moses, I can say it with Ezekiel, I can say it with any of those things. But I don't think that they couldn't happen, if that mm. makes sense, right? So I, I do okay. believe that if God chose to move in that way, that, yeah. um, that, that it that he could but i don't think that god works like that in the world i don't think that he uh, chooses to work um work that way does that make sense yeah so your faith isn't rely so it's possible that those literally happened sure but your faith isn't determined on those literally happened no. it doesn't affect the way you view the bible in no. that way either no biblical authority no because i think that when you approach it with the way that if if it has to if, if those things have to work then all of it has to work yeah and that's not helpful. Yeah. Right. So I think okay. For instance, this, the the Red Sea. You mentioned the mm -hmm. the parting of the seas. Right. What is that about? What's the point of that? I'm asking. Yeah. It's a question. Well, I'm well in the way, I mean, so. the, this is an easier one because we have throughout the rest of the the Hebrew Scriptures them wrestling with exactly that. Right. right. Over and over and Passover and what it means and talking. Sure. It is the basis of the ethic, at least in one strain of tradition in Hebrew understanding. You were slaves in Egypt, and God freed you, and therefore you act this way in the world. Right. You are my people. You didn't deserve it. You could do nothing. You were not powerful. You were poor right. and dispossessed. I chose you. I brought you out. Now behave like this in the world. So it is about God, about Israel's relationship to God, and that God finds a way to pass people as he wants them to. Okay. So let me ask you this. Uh, who's to say that they weren't in the middle of a dry spell when they were escaping from Egypt yeah. and there was a big rain that came in a, and a dry sure, riverbed yeah. that, yeah. that came through and, and yeah, wiped out. And so, I mean, those yeah, things sure. happen, but that certainly doesn't yeah. read as well as, as Moses yeah. stuck his staff in the water and spread. You know, yeah. so I, I approach these now as, uh, as, as their literary devices, they're, mm. which is um, not to say that they're not important and not yeah. helpful, but... I don't. I don't know um, about literally if it happened. And I. Yeah. And here's the thing. And I'm not. Let me be clear. I'm not claiming to know. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the most helpful way for me personally to approach it. Is yeah. That, Did it I happen? don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It could have happened. Yeah. It, it. It may not. It could have happened exactly as they wrote it. Yeah. It probably didn't. Uh, it could have been some form of of that. And yeah. That, but. The idea, the meaning behind it is still the same. Yeah. It doesn't change. For me, it doesn't. Uh -huh. My my understanding of God and who God is doesn't hinge on what's actually uh, literally happens in the Bible. Yeah. Is there. So here's the here's the one that I think immediately would get to. I get. What about Jesus? What about Jesus? What about Jesus? So if you're understanding your faith. Your your even ways to read scripture, right? Your, your the authority you have you get from scripture or that you've given to scripture that yep. you tell about God and the world and the way we work. Those stories don't have to be literally said in the same way because people in their place and time and literary devices and they're telling a story in the way they tell it. What about Jesus' miracles or the resurrection? Okay, 
Well, that's a, a probably a three-hour conversation yeah. that I'm going to try to sum up in in, in about two minutes. Here. Okay. So, um, number one, I think with me, uh, I've said this before to you. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, uh-huh. but I I love context. And yeah. I appreciate context. There is historical evidence that Jesus was here. Like, I mean, there's yes. beyond the yep. Bible, right? There yeah, are. Yeah. He was definitely yeah. here. Jesus historical was a figure, person. undoubtedly. Sure. Uh-huh. There's no denying that he's uh-huh. written about in. You know, I think uh, Josephus writes about. Yeah, him. Josephus is iffy because of yeah. later ones. But yes, we have clearly Roman Roman right. sources that yeah, he was, he was real. He was yep. he was crucified. They they did sure. they definitely did this mm-hmm. stuff to him. Um, so. There's immediately a little bit more authority to me, yeah. and with the New Testament, not not I don't want to say I take it any more authoritative than anything, yeah. but there's a little it's a little bit easier for me personally to to see. Okay, well Jesus was here, all of these things happened. Um, I find it hard to believe that um, all of these people followed this thing that happened, mm-hmm. and did Jesus come back after three days? I, what does that mean? Like, what is your understanding? You know, in yeah. the ancient in the ancient culture that they lived in, if a tomb was empty, then that meant that, that person was in heaven now, right? Like, that's what that meant. Um, so, if they came back and found the tomb empty after three days, which is the time frame that he said, you know, he alluded mm-hmm. to several times uh, leading up mm-hmm. to the, the the crucifixion, then. At that time, they would have thought that, okay, well, he's in heaven, so yeah. that's our understanding of it. And then, who's to say that God can't make himself? I mean, like I've had a mystical experience, sure. you know, that yeah. I've, I've had personally, but it, I didn't actually physically see anything. Mm-hmm. It was more of like a conversation that yeah. I had and a feeling. Yeah. So who's to say that the people coming out of this experience yeah. didn't have those same experiences with? With, um, but maybe yeah. with a physical uh, uh, apparition of Jesus in their in yeah. their head, God or, wants to do it or they, or have he that. could have this been physically there. Of God. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Again, this is this is one of those things where I don't know, and and for me, that's not that's that okay. important. Yeah, you know, it, that's yeah, okay yeah, yeah. that I don't know. Sure, because I believe that God exists. I believe that God created everything. Yeah, and and so uh, a lot of that belief comes not from the bible yeah like a lot of it comes from like standing on the top of a mountain and looking out across the world and seeing like this just can't be random yeah and that that's that's for me what it is and so um, yeah that so that's a i think that's a really really good way to to talk about authority like like you said at the beginning that we we have to admit that we give authority to the Bible right though I said the why that very rarely I, I mean I say very rarely because it's possible I guess right someone who's in no relation to uh, to Christians to Christianity to organized religion uh, in any way picks up the Bible and reads and says yes like this is this is a thing very rarely does it happen right why do we give the bible authority because we've had experiences with god as you said like what we would interpret that way we had experience with people we've maybe we see and hear about the jesus ethic and we choose to believe in that worldview right at some point we choose a worldview we all we all do this right we don't know everything we don't have to figure it out but we assume i'm going to live this way i'm going to base based on these principles right we choose it we have to right so there is a way to do that that 
your understanding of the Jesus ethic, right? This lived reality, we're all equal before God. I live that. And therefore, when I read the Bible and I hear this of Jesus, I learn more about it, which is more challenging. And yet somehow also seems more true as I try to live it, right? That's a different aspect of authority and of belief than, than just belief being a thing I consciously assent to in my head and therefore I'm okay. Right. We've talked about before and we'll talk about over and over that this is the maybe the great temptation of right a shadow gospel, a, a Christianity that is right. based on cognitive belief and organized institutionalism that I just don't think is real for anyone who actually practices. And my experience is why I don't I don't denounce it. I don't want to burn it down. Sure. That's not how people live. It's how they pretend to live. Right. We don't just read it and you know what? It's it said that this man's eyes were were uncovered and he was like, Well that then that must have happened. That that's not what it is. What we do, we yeah. we we read into it. And that's okay to admit that, to see that, to say, when I read about Jesus, this is the way I want to believe the world is. Yeah. And I'm gonna try to live as if this is the way the world is, so I can believe it more, so I can understand it more, so I can experience more. Right. And I could be wrong but I'm still going to choose to live this way. Yeah. And then you, we continue to read, and we know what it is. We listen to each other. We learn. We grow. We do all that. So I think part of it, the authority, the way you just um, described it, is simply the more natural and honest way that we actually go about faith. Sure. Right? I've had these experiences. I've had these questions. I've wrestled through. I've been through it, and I read it, and this seems true to me, and I want it to be true. And so I live as if it's true, right? That's an honest thing. That's probably the best we can do as opposed to I read it and, yep, nailed it. Yep. Right? Because people do this all the time with other religions. Part of this is because I, I teach I teach religion, religious studies, religious history. Um, and all the time people will be, you know, you, you a group that they're unfamiliar with, right? Even with back to creation myth stuff that people are like, well, they actually believe that, right? But non-Latter-day Saints would be like, oh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormons, uh, the prefer saints uh, now, right? What's you? We believe Joseph Smith had, and then the golden tablets, and they came down to the Hill Camor, and like, how could you actually believe that? No one's like, hey, can we talk back about the talking serpent? Can we go back to the serpent part? That, but no, again, no, I've never met anyone who became a Christian because they read and they're like, oh, I mean, I was unsure. But once we got past the days and then we reordered and once we got to the talking serpent, I was like, that's true. That's just absolutely true to my experience. No, it's part of the way they understand, but they have it's not the basis of their faith. Right. Right, and we can I don't know maybe admit that about the Bible. The Bible isn't solely the basis of our faith. It's not. No. When we say that, we're pretending. It's yeah. also experience. It's also thinking, and it's also our reason. It's also what we've sure we. Well, that's very have, Wesleyan of you. <laughs> oh yeah, I did. I just quadrilateraled. You, you did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We should I guess explain that very briefly. Right through the <laughs> through uh, John Wesley and the Wesleyan tradition. There's what's called the Wesleyan quadrilateral, uh, which is just an admittance, really, of the way that we interpret Scripture. Right. Right. So it's not that all are there. Right. We read Scripture, get authority from Scripture, but we also get faith and authority both in Scripture and otherwise right. as a part of tradition. Right. What we've inherited from our, our families, our friends, our culture, right, our reason. God gave us big brains. We're allowed to use them and ask questions. 
right? Um, and our experience, that our experience with other people and with God and God's creation, all of those things give us authority and give us faith just as scripture does. Right. And whenever we read scripture, we always bring those three things with us. Yeah. Right. So I, I true. I, I think that's a helpful explanation. The yeah. best theology is is explanatory. Right. It's, sure. it's not what what you should be doing. It's, it's an explanation of what we do. So, yeah, I, I think I think the quadrilateral fits there. I think there's authority in Scripture. It's not the only authority and it's not even where we get all the authority from Scripture. Right. From. Yeah. A fun aside, the name of my fantasy football team is the Quadrilaterals. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So so how do we, what then do we do with this? You've done this thing before. So now that we know this, right, if, or, or not know this, right, believe this, right? Maybe yeah. that was the last part that we can both agree in. Yeah. The Bible has authority. It's not the only authority. Right. Uh, the Bible, we get part of our faith from reading the Bible, and we should, right? Is the story of God's people trying to figure out who God is and how God is moving among them. And again, they don't agree. This is a glorious thing about Scripture. We have all these books and within books and documents about yeah. someone says this, and another person who's also described as faithful says, no, you're totally wrong. That's not right. 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 I mean, we get this all the time. You're even... The, the prophets, right, going to Israel, your religion is an abomination to God. You go through the temple worship, you do this, but you're not doing, right? That's that's something that seems very real. That's a thing we're constantly doing, figuring it out. If we sure. believe that and hold to that, while also admitting that these other avenues, our tradition, our reason, our experience also are part of where our faith comes from, and they're also part of how we understand Scripture, at least then we're admitting what we're doing. I think we're all doing that. But at least we're admitting that. Yeah. So what what does that change? Right? This is maybe the the hopeful thing. What what does that change about scripture, about the way we live our lives, about our faith? What do you what do you think? Well, I think that what what that does for me is that it, it has kind of opened up all of the possibilities, right? It, mm. it removes these constraints that we've put on the Bible as a literal document of God's instruction manual for yeah. us. And then it, instead, it, it in turn opens up the possibility that, um, you know, we can look at these words and, and these uh, books that people compiled over the years mm -hmm. And uh, we can still apply them to our lives today, and it, and it doesn't hinge on things lining up logically, right? It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter anymore to me that um, something doesn't line up logically because cause now I can, I can sit here and I can read, um, you know, it, it, I'm trying to think of a good example and nothing's coming to my mind, but I can, I can read a scripture and read it understanding that uh, for instance, okay, let's just say Paul, right? Paul yeah. wrote a letter to the Romans. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Paul wrote a letter to the Romans. Sure. That's what it was. Yeah. It wasn't Paul wrote, hmm, okay, Romans, this will be the fourth letter or the fourth book that I write. Mm -hmm. And people, I mean, Paul didn't write the letters yeah. knowing that they were going to be canonized. Mm -hmm. He wrote them because he started these churches. I don't think he started a church in Rome. Yeah, but he uh, started many of the but, others. Yeah, sure. And, he, and had he had connections had, with yes, them and he had connections them. And and therefore, there was, yes, they uh -huh. had questions or he had concerns with mm -hmm. things that were going on in the church. 
in Rome. Mm-hmm. And that's all that he, Romans was yep. written for, was written for those group of people. Yeah. Does that mean now that I understand that, mm-hmm. that I still can't get, gather meaning or, yeah. or, or understanding of Jesus and, and God's relationship with Jesus and us out of that? No, it yeah. doesn't mean that at all. But what it does mean is that certain things that he says may not be universal, right? They may not be uh-huh. something that, well, I Paul wrote this down, that means that it applies to everyone. Yeah. Because I don't think it does. Yeah. And so that's kind of... Um, and again, I want I want to step in here because I know there will be some people that be like, well, no, that's not true. Like that, like somehow that changes and devalues scripture to say that. But again, in Romans, oh, now I have to go. Romans sixteen sixteen, Paul says, greet each other with a holy kiss. And the people who are upset with you saying, there are some things that just aren't true for us now. Not the big picture stuff, but the application and place and time. Right. The most conservative evangelical does exactly that with Romans, which is your example, because they say, no, Paul's saying that to them. It's not universal. It doesn't connect. So we all do that. Sure. What we're trying to do is figure out. You can't, you can't pick and choose. I don't think in some sense you, I mean, I would say we, we do. Sure. But it, there has to be reason and understanding Correct. behind yeah. it, and we do it together. Not randomly, not because it's inconvenient, not because it doesn't. We think about how we figure out yeah. what is it that is only about Paul to his original audience, and what is Paul saying to his original audience that also says something to me in my place and in time. In my place and my time. God. Yep. And, and that translation becomes crucial. And it is maybe that's the thing. It's not, we're all interpreting, yes. But part of it is also translation. We're translating it to our place and time. Sure. And well, yeah. we're translating a translation. Of yeah, a translation that's true. Actually. Yes, not a translation. Trans- <laughs> yes, let's take it to that. Sure. But the the the, the ideas remain the same. Yep. It, it, it does, and I think that that's uh, when. And just let me clarify: when I say pick, when I said pick and choose, what I meant was you can't pick and choose what you want to interpret. Uh, oh for yeah, yourself. that's excellent. Sure, that, yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Like yeah, yeah. you have, to, if you're going to approach you the Bible it all, it all with is. the mindset that that not all of it is going to be applicable mm-hmm. to us in the in the you know 21st century sure. that we live in. Right, it's still the 21st century. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, or the end times. I don't know. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That we'll we'll save Revelation for another time. Oh, good. Um, okay. But uh, so, I think that that's to to su- kind of sum up, you know, the conversation that we've had today. I think my understanding of the Bible has shifted dramatically, you know, yeah. over over the last several years, and um, it's helped me actually be a better Christian. Like I read yeah. the Bible more now than I did, yeah. uh, you know, in in my middle uh, ages of growing. I say yeah. middle age, like I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, old sure. or anything. But uh-huh. um, but you know, like in my twenties, in in late teens, mm-hmm. I didn't read the Bible anymore because I well, I've been reading the Bible and been hearing yeah. about it my whole life. So there's I don't need to read it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I got all the stuff. Yeah, I, I have I the instructions down. I'm already yeah. in the club. I'm good. Why I, I, I know it? I know yeah, the main sure. things. Yeah, you were talking about in Genesis earlier the, the different stories like in Babylon and Noah mm-hmm. and and all these things that happen in Genesis, and it got me thinking about like as I've been going back and rereading uh, Genesis, those time periods seem ancient when you think about it. Like as far as just how far away from each other that they happen, yes. but they uh-huh. all happen like in the first eight books of Genesis, uh-huh. right? Like so, yeah. it's it's like which is also interesting that. 
uh, and this is maybe a whole nother conversation, but like Noah and the flood, okay? So you're telling me that God created everybody and then mm-hmm. five chapters in, he got pissed off at everybody. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Everybody except for you, yeah. you're gone. Yeah. Like you're, you're righteous. And so we're so like, that escalated quickly. It like, did. <laughs> and, like, and so, and, but I, you know, so I, I uh-huh. wonder if perhaps Noah wasn't written or that story was told as more of an ethical commentary on the nature of other cultures that we're mm-hmm. a part of. Because, uh, you know, the, the culture that they lived in, they weren't, uh, Jews weren't living in their homeland. They didn't mm-hmm. really have a homeland. They were nomadic people living in other lands. Like you look at Abraham, you, he yeah. traveled around a lot and he yeah. never. He never got Abraham. Never got to see the land that that yeah. Israelites were promised. But perhaps when they were writing this stuff down, they were trying to write it from the aspect of like, well, we're getting to this point. They've just this is a Babylonian exile is when this stuff is being written down. They've been once again removed from their land, mm-hmm. but there's a promise that we'll get it back. And so it makes sense that they would yeah. tell these stories in that way. Yeah. And and so, but you got to live right, right? Like, so that's kind of the Noah story yeah. is like, you got to live yeah. right. We don't want this to happen again. Yeah. Um, but although at the end, they end that story, it was like, well, God said he's not going to do this yeah, again. Yeah, not do it in the same way. Yeah. yeah. So and now same, you know you're okay. Yeah. So let's get it. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no redo this time. We're going right. through. Yeah. So, you know, I think that, that, that that's helped me. Um, just overarchingly approach this stuff, understanding and and really, it's strengthened my faith. Yeah. You know, when I approach it that way, because it's like, oh, I don't have to, um, I don't have to read it as just a story. It's yeah. it's it's uh, it's way more than that. Yeah, yeah. And then we have to we have to struggle with how that. I mean, I think that turn is the big one. If this is people in their place and time trying to understand God, then I am equally responsible for trying to understand God and God's work in the world in my place and time. It, the story isn't just isolated to this thing that I have to know as a love letter or thing. It is an ongoing unfolding story and I have the option to be a part of it or not. And so when that story is, is uneven and right contradictory and continuously changing itself, there's yeah. some hope here because we don't know what the crap we're doing. <laughs> and, you know, it turns out we can still be a part of a messy story that's continuing to unfold. Yeah. We just, they didn't know what they were doing most of the time. We don't either, but we believe God is there doing something. Yeah. Who's to say that, that just because we as a tradition don't add to the canonical texts that we're not writing texts right that's now. That's right. And, and unfolding and the own, that story. That's right. You know, and so uh-huh. um, uh, wrestling with an understanding, uh, you got me saying it all the time yep. now. No, nope. there it is. Uh, there's going to be like a uh, drinking converted. game. Converted. Yeah, wrestling. Right. <laughs> How many times did right. they say wrestling this time? Um, no, but it, it's it's got me, uh, you know, we're we're supposed to work out our relationship with God and figure that out and and, and our place in this world. And I think that's, that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the point. Yeah, that's the story. Always the story. That's what we're reading and figuring out and doing, actively doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the cool thing is, is that you can actively do stuff while you're figuring while that's you're right. figuring it we out. We don't have to all together first. Right. Yeah, that's right. You don't. Just you're never going to have all the answers. Hear my words. Put them in practice. Yeah. Eventually, maybe you'll understand what I'm talking about. But just try first. Yeah, this yeah. is God's call. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. 
Well, we hope that you found today's conversation interesting and meaningful and hopefully uh, useful for you. And uh, we hope that you'll join us next time as we continue this conversation together. This has been the Bathwater and the Baby Jesus podcast. We would love to hear from you and uh, give us some feedback. If you have questions or uh, anything you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at babyjesuspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.